You are listening to the sermon podcast of International Lutheran Church in Seoul, South Korea. I'm Pastor Chuck Hoffman. So this letter, obviously written by Paul, I think Paul hated extra rules. He did not like this stuff being put on new believers, especially. Especially when it was something more than what God had asked. He had a lot of experience with extra rules. He was this member of the Pharisees, a small group within Judaism, which had a lot of extra and special rules. Uh, They followed all the normal purity laws, but they went further. They tried to maintain purity uh, rules according to if they were a priest who was currently serving in the temple. Uh, If you've read the Old Testament, you know that kind of the closer you get to God and in the place where his presence was, which was first the tabernacle and then the, the temple, that the more the, the more strict the rules were. But then Paul came to know Christ. He came to understand that all of this extra stuff was garbage. That's what he called it. He said, All of this stuff is garbage when compared with knowing Christ. So Paul did not like it when people came along and tried to promote these extra rules with new believers. Specifically, they were saying that you would have to convert and become a Jew first, and then you could believe in Christ and receive the Messiah at that point. So this meant receiving the mark of circumcision for males. It meant possibly following dietary laws, keeping kosher, it meant excluding foods and other things. So at the beginning of chapter 3 in Philippians, Paul says, look out for these people who would add this burden to you. You do not need all of that stuff. All you need is Christ. Put your trust in him, he says. Christ is enough. So I wish our reading began one verse earlier. Uh, This sets up the whole argument. Uh, Paul says that Christians put no confidence in the flesh. That's what he says. Meaning that uh, we don't put our trust in what we can do on the outside. The rules that we can follow. We put no confidence in ourselves, in our flesh. Then Paul makes this kind of memorable argument. This is where our reading actually starts. He says, you know, if we did put confidence in our flesh, I would have the most. After all, I am a Jew of Jews, he says. I'm born of the tribe of Benjamin. Not only that, I'm of the elite. I'm a Pharisee, the strictest group within Judaism. And I have been blameless when it comes to following rules of the law. And as for zeal, he says, well, I was persecuting the church and even trying to murder Christians. 
Yes, if the flesh could save me, Paul says, I would be the first to be saved. But it cannot. It's rubbish, is what he says. It's garbage. It's nothing when compared with knowing Christ. So then he says this thing that I really like. He says, forgetting what lies behind, I press forward toward the goal. The goal of perfection. The goal of the resurrection of the flesh on the last day. The goal of being together with my Lord for all eternity. That's the goal. I'm recently learning the importance of goals in my own life. I'm trying to apply that. Goals are everything. Experts say that uh, for goals to work, they need to have two elements. Uh, First, they need to be specific. If your goal is very general, you tend not to do anything about it. And they need to be measurable. You need to be able to see if you're making progress. So if you do not have goals, they say, or if your goals are not specific enough, like if you say, uh, I want to be more healthy in the new year, or if you cannot measure whether you're achieving your goal or not, you will probably not make a dramatic change in your life. Because when we do not have a goal or a point of focus to move forward toward, we will tend to remain stuck in old patterns and habits. It's hard to to break free from your inertia where you've been heading for a long time. It takes something dramatic to break us out of long-held beliefs or routines. It takes something dramatic to help us change the direction that we have been going for a long time. So for Paul, this was meeting the Lord himself in this dramatic encounter on the road to Damascus. At that point, his direction, his goal, the prize that he was working toward changed completely and suddenly. And now Paul, decades later, is writing this letter to the believers in Philippi, and he still has this same exact goal in mind. He has this same laser-like focus on this one thing, and that is life together with Christ. And even Paul, the super apostle, he says, and I'm not there yet. I'm still pursuing it, he says. Uh, I'm pursuing it with everything that I have. But not by adding extra rules, and not by uh, uh, wallowing in my past, or sulking in my previous sins, he says, forgetting what is behind, I press forward toward the upward call of Christ Jesus. The Christian call is an upward call. There are some belief systems out there that are more like an inward call, I would say. Just to give one example, I think of the power of positive thinking movement. Uh, There was this book that came out a few years ago out of Australia called The Secret. And I've not read The Secret, but uh, I've heard someone told me The Secret. That uh, it means something like, uh, if you believe enough in something, then it will happen. 
if you trust in yourself or if you concentrate strong enough, then what you have up here inside your mind can become a reality in the real world. That is kind of an inward call. That is looking inside yourself for change. But Christianity, on the other hand, is this upward call. It's looking to Him. It's saying trust in Him. Press forward toward the goal of being together with Christ. But we are moving towards something. And so that means that positive changes can still take place in our lives. In a Christian sense, we usually call this sanctification. Being made holy over time. Uh, conforming more and more to the image of Christ. And this can include many things, and maybe something that's not talked about often in Christian circles. It can even include physical fitness. When we take care of our fitness, we are in fact being good stewards of the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are appreciating and taking care of the one body that we will ever be given that has been entrusted to our care. And I think that that is also a good model for spiritual growth as well. Muscles never grow if you don't exercise them. And it's true of our spiritual muscles as well. You have to exercise your time in the Word of God, for example. Or you have to exercise your prayer life in order for your prayer life to grow stronger. Or, for example, the way to become more generous would be to exercise giving. It's kind of the same as working out. The first time you go running, you probably feel like you want to fall over and, and pass out. But it becomes easier each time you go. Life, holiness, intimacy with God, even perfection. Paul says he is pressing forward. And the ultimate goal is to make Christ his own. Because Christ has made me his own, he says. And that's what I want to leave you with, because that's what all of this flows from. We are his. We press forward and we grab hold of all of these goals... But in a Christian sense, a goal is also a promise. We press forward to make Christ our own because he has made us his own. And so Paul says, the last verse of our reading this morning, verse 14, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now may the peace which surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.